Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast, your weekly insights to spiritual growth and business success with Adam Hergenrother and Hallie Warner. So Adam, you were a little bit late for the podcast this morning. What was going on? <laughs> well, I was late and uh, I, I, sometimes I'm late to things, but I try, try not to be, but I do communicate well. You always communicate. Yeah. If you're going to, even if you're going to be like five minutes late, which I, I do appreciate. Well, yesterday it was really interesting. Um, my son's in a lacrosse camp and there's been, he's been there for a week and a half and there's been some, uh, some challenges with the camp in terms of like older kids beating up on the younger kids. Like I'm talking like, you know, my son's not nine. physically not. Well, yeah. Like not oh, like, oh. Like, like in the like scrimmage and like you take a 14 year old against a nine year old and full pads. I mean, it's not even, I mean, it's not even comparable. It's not like a 30 year old to a 35 year old, right. Or a 20 year old to a 24 year old. It's, it's a whole different development series. Anyways. And there's like nine of his buddies that are in this camp. And yesterday it came to the accumulation. Kids were crying after Asher, Asher actually didn't cry, but I, he looked like he wanted to, he did not want to go back today and they were just getting beat up. And apparently like some of the kids were, you know, telling other kids like, you know, sit down, you F and whatever, and like stay down and like whacking kids very hard. And he didn't want to go. And I said, look, Ash, I said, here's the thing. I said, you're going to encounter a lot of situations like this in life. And again, this is kind of, I like to use these stories of like how, you know, you use a 200% life in this. And I felt by the way, you know, every part of my ego wanted to just get riled up. Right. And just go down mm -hmm. there and just let them have it or whatever that means. Right. Like you, you could feel that kind of building up in there and it's like, but like 14 year old. So that's the same thing of you doing that to a 14 year old. As a, not doing it to -year -old. Really to like the coaches that are there. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. Well, cause these are, you know, amazing lacrosse college players right now. And they're kind of allowing this to happen. And it's kind of like, well, why do that? But you kind of just work through that, right? You relax, you release. And these are real life situations that happen, whether it's sports or it's in school or it's in drama or it's, you know, friend group or whatever it is, right? These things are going to happen all the time. And so I said, look, Ash, I said, the way you don't want to avoid this. I said, you know, because if you just, if you're, if you're a way to get away from this situation is to remove yourself from it at all times, I said, then, then you're going to find yourself missing out on things that you could have handled differently. And I said, it's just not really the way I said, at that being said, of course, if there comes a situation where you're physically being like kids are, are doing this or, or it's getting too you bad, of course yeah. remove yourself, yeah. right? Of course you do that. But I said, I don't think it's that bad um, to that degree. I just think it needs to, I think the kids are in college and I think they're, and there's 14 year olds and the 14 year olds are probably fine doing that to each other, but not to a nine year old. So I, I think there's just a misalignment or they, they need to be put a little check in the box. So all, a lot of the parents called me and they're like, did your Asher have this experience? Cause they all did. And clearly quickly it found out that they all were having this experience, the younger kids anyways. So I said, we're all going to go. And so I talked to Asher about what that means and how you handle it. And I also told the other parents of like, don't just have your kids rise up to the occasion. Cause part of what I said was like, look, like how often do you rise up to the occasion when you have mental challenges with things going on with other people or friend groups or different things? I said, it's hard for you to deal with it. I said, let alone nine-year-old. So I said, you have to role model and model that behavior. So I role played with Asher, what that looks like, what you can do. And I said, this here's, here's how we're also going to handle it. I said, you're more than welcome to come over and listen to me talk. I said, I'm not going to raise my voice. I said, I'm just going to have a conversation to bring awareness to the conversation to the situation. And so I went over there this morning and I was just like, look, like, you know, understand this is, this is not acceptable. And you know, these, you're an amazing lacrosse athletes and these kids want to learn so much from you and they're very impressionable and you have an opportunity to make this something that's very special for these kids. But right now, none of them are having fun and not one of them wants to come back. And I said, I don't think that's what you guys want. And so I said, I just want to bring this to your attention and what this looks like. And I said, plus 
you don't really want one of these kids, you know, throwing out the, which is being thrown out right now. And in, in the group amongst everybody is bullying and hazing. And I said, those are two big things that are really, really important. I don't think that it's to that degree right now. Um, mm -hmm. But I said, you don't, you don't want that being thrown around at any point in time. Um, or if any of these other things that are actually being said by you guys that are, that they say they're being said, I don't think that's appropriate at all either, at least not for this age group. If you want to do it for you guys in college, I'm sure that's pro totally fine. Or even freshmen in high schools, like that's probably goes okay, but not against a nine and 10 year old group. And, and, you know, they were, um, they were apologetic and very receptive. And then of course there's a couple other parents there that were, you know, wanted to physically show them how tough they were. And I'm like, you guys, that doesn't do anything either. Right. That's not there. Um, and, uh, so we'll see what happens, but I had to go down there and, and, uh, that's why I was late. Cause I wanted to make sure that I had that communication in that, in that, and, uh, that we were very clear. And actually before we even started here, I just got a call and a text message from the owner of the camp, um, to call him after I'm done. So, um, hopefully they take action about it and, and do something, but look, here's, the, I mean, again, whether it's in business, it's in sports, it's in drama, it's in family dynamics, relationships, friend groups, dynamic relationships. It's being able to be very clear and handle situations. And that's really what the 200% life is about, right? It's being able to participate in life, handle the situations, role model these behaviors, and make sure that you are first clear and, and, and controlled. Um, because then when you are, uh, it gives you the ability to make the higher decision for the better, betterment of the entire group. When does, um, which, when is Asher's camp out today? I'm just curious, like what the oh, result? Wait. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. and five today. So I'll be, oh my God, that's a really long camp day. Yeah, It's been, a, it's going on for, for a while. Wow. So we can, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So that's a long day for them to not feel safe. I mean, that's really what it came down to. Is they did not want, yeah. They did not want to go on the field because of how the 14 year olds were slashing them. I mean, you take a stick and like, you can hit them a nine year old as hard yeah. as you can as a 14 year old. Like it's a, it's a totally different animal. I mean, it's yeah. just, you're, you're so much more developed there uh, for what it is. So um, we'll see. I do wonder why I mean, they're in the same age group, why they're in the same. Because it's a, it's a camp that has, you know, you don't have enough to break out individual. Gotcha. Players, and that's yeah. Yeah what it is and different things that are going on there. So uh, again, these are all, these are all real life situations that we're all going to do with it. I think the key that I just wanted to make by even mentioning this is that um, you're not, whether you're on this path, it doesn't mean you avoid these things. Number one, number two is you have to always make sure that you are clear because I felt every part of me wanting, I mean, I'm a very competitive sports individual, like from everything from MMAs to Ironmans to lacrosse, like, and I love playing sports. But every part of me, and I love protecting my child too. At some point, being protective, yeah, and, like so, like yeah. every part of me wanted to, like you can feel that ego being like, "Let me go show you," right? Like that's why it's kind of what it is, and it's like that's the wrong approach too. Right, but I don't think it would have been a physical, but it could have been like from your or perspective, just yelling, even just yelling. Like, what is yeah, that? Yelling do? or threatening? Right. I'm like, or, I'm not, I'm not yeah. yelling at anybody. I'm not raising my voice either. And I told that to Asher. He's like, "You're gonna." I'm like, "No, that doesn't help any of the situation." I said, me losing control does nothing for the situation at all, at all. And so, in fact, it probably just makes it worse. Maybe it makes it better momentarily, but it just makes it worse later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, good, good example of that, that real life 200% life. Yeah, it's, it's just, we're all going to deal with that. You know, somebody, asked, somebody called me yesterday as part of our project you and, they said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. I said, I'm always available. And they said, you know, um, you, you said a story one time where you said, uh, you know, it was like, he actually, I think they got it wrong, but he said like, your kid was like, felt like it was a thousand volume high when they were talking to you. It was so irritating. Like, like you just wanted to like, they're like, how do you handle that again? 
Uh, it's the same type of situation. I said, you know, there's two things you can do is number one is you have to make sure that you have the ability to respond before you no longer have the ability to respond yourself. And all that means is that if you allow that, because you know what I'm talking about, like when your kids if or somebody sitting next to your partner, yeah. or your kid, they, they're asking about their kids and they're like, I know they're just trying to talk to me and yet I'm so annoyed by them. And it's like a hundred degrees it's boiling up inside me. And all, right. and, all, and all you want to do is like, almost like hurt them with your words, like to like, just make yourself feel better. And they're like, how do I avoid that? And I said, well, you know, you have to be able to move while you can. And what that means, like there's a, there's a, there's a slogan on the cross that basically says you have to pass while you still can, because what happens if you hold the ball too long, you, you play the cross. And so if you yeah. hold it too long, you don't have the opportunity to pass anymore. That's and so right. I feel like yeah. it's the same thing here. It's like you have the opportunity to either move or let it pass before it gets to a point where you no longer have control of whether or not you can do that. And your ego takes over and your ego takes over and yeah. you're in your, and the energy of, of the, of the situation takes over and you just respond from the energy at that point, which is mm -hmm. like, why don't you go eat somewhere else over there? Right. Whatever it is. And you, and it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's your, everything comes out and then you feel bad. Right. And then it's like worse in the situation, whatever it is. So I basically said, look, there's it's the same situation here, which is, you know, what I always do in that is like, can I sit there and allow the deep pain to come in and allow it to pass? And can I still sit there? If I find myself getting to a point where I'm two or three minutes into sitting there and I'm like, I may not be able to, I will get up and remove myself while I still can. So like I gave in this example, I said, I've been known to, I'll get up. No, nobody knows you're doing this, by the way. I just get up and I walked in the bathroom. I did like a 90 second meditation. And I said, that usually is enough for me. And it's not like it goes away. It's just enough for me to actually be able to withstand the the feeling that I don't really want to feel mm -hmm. long enough to allow it to pass. So I'll go back in there and put myself back in the situation. But that has given me enough of strength, if you will, to stay there and allow that to continue to pass through in those situations. Now, that can be with your kid. That can be with business. That can be with a client. That can be with sports. It can be anything. That's just life. It's all life. That's why this is just such a, a model for what the things are and what they're doing here. Um, and uh, it, it gives you that framework to do it. But those are, those are things either, again, I always like to use that as like pass while you still can, which means in our world, like remove yourself or be willing to go through the pain. Because remember that the deep work here is that you're allowing the pain that releases all pain is actually how it's referred to. But that pain that comes through there is so hot and so intense that it takes a tremendous amount of strength. That's where the seat of consciousness, where they comes from is, can you stay seated in the seat of consciousness when that energy vibration wants everything to pull you away from that? That's that's where the all these Zen terms come in from is basically a way of describing when that energy flow comes in there and it wants to take you and you want to touch it so bad is do you have the ability to stay in, in witness consciousness? And I get it. The minute you're no longer there, you can't help yourself. You steal, you punch somebody, you say something to your partner that you regret, you make a decision that you regret. And that one moment can change your entire life by one moment of unconsciousness, right? There's, there's Michael Single did a lot of work with, with uh, people in prison. And the common thing that he took away from this was, he said, you know, a lot of these individuals, they did a lot of things over time, but he said, there's also a group of people that are in here that just one moment of unconsciousness, right? Like they, they got really unconscious and they punched somebody and they put them in the hospital and they, they went to jail for two years or whatever it is, right? Or you got unconscious and you stole something because it was in the heat of the moment and, and, and now they're in jail for 10 years, whatever it is, right? Like a couple moments of unconsciousness can, can really affect your life. But then again, that's, if that happens, then you have 
this time to do the deeper work if you choose to do so um, in there. So again, it's just, it's, it's really the same framework for anything that you're doing is always, can I sit here seated and be clear and conscious and handle the situation that's in front of me? That should be the mantra for Western folks is like, I can handle this. I can handle this because if you can't handle it, you're no good. If you're, if you want to be a doctor and you can't handle blood, then you're no good at a scene of an accident, right? The same thing if you're in business and you can't handle the fact that you have these emotions of, of highs and lows that are going to happen from the external world of things going the way you want them to or challenges being presented, then you're no good at being a leader either. It's the same thing. Yeah. That, that last piece that you were just talking about the, I, I can handle this. It's just, it, it, it makes so much sense to me. And yet specifically like in business and leadership, like no, nobody's taught that. Mm. I'm just like, it just, as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, of course, like we need to be teaching everybody that because that's like the fundamental piece of just being a good leader. But instead you spend most of the time talking about spreadsheets and P&Ls and, um, you know, OKRs and marketing plans and business plans, which are all great tactics yeah. on how to run a business, but none of it really matters if you can't do that first part. That you well, that's, like. and that's, I think everyone chooses to find a, a path in teaching and for, and for, for us and for me specifically, the teaching that I always love to and still is that root work, right? I mean, there's so many better teachers and better podcasts. If you want to get tactical business advice in terms of like, how do I create an OKR? How do I have, you know, scripting conversations on how to role play with this, whatever they look and I can, we can do those things, but really the, I think that the fundamental root is that those things become easier when you're actually able to be clearer and concise right. and things line up easier in the right. It doesn't mean you don't get coaches for other things, other techniques. It's the same thing, but as you just said, Hallie, you so don't learn how to put a business plan together. Sure. Yeah. Go for exactly. it. Yes, that's great. But at the end of the day, if you, even if you achieve what you want and you still don't feel a total well being in, in my life, it's, it's failure, right? It's success mm -hmm. without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. I mean, that's a Tony Robbins line from a long time ago, but it's so true today. And I think yeah. if you just put it in different words, basically like, sure, you can accomplish everything externally, but if you don't have a feeling of total well-being and bliss, then you missed the entire point of why, yeah. why you're, it, it, the reason why you're accomplishing those things is to try to make yourself okay, which you realize will never make yourself okay. And so right. ultimately still go after those things and contribute and, and make money or don't make money. It's irrelevant. I mean, there's people from all walks of life that you, we are in conversation with. Some people love money. Some people don't, right? It's, there's no right or wrong. And people obviously they're after money go, why wouldn't you want more money? You can do all these different things. Great. Well, mm -hmm. there's, there's people that have, you know, again, there's, there's ever, there's different natures for everything, right? Some, some animals eat meat, some eat, some eat plants. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But you know, it's funny because I think, I do think like our society in particular uses money as, or the idea of money is like as an equalizer, mm -hmm. but it's actually not to your point, like, like a hundred people could all earn the exact same amount of money and everyone thinks like, okay, then they're going to have an equal mindset. They'll have equal level of happiness. They'll have equal level of financial acumen, whatever, but money is not an equalizer at all. It's not it actually, it, it, it actually almost is the opposite in some ways. Like it really exposes, um, how different people are and how they kind of work through the world and how conscious they are. Yeah. Yeah. And in, I mean, again, in our world, we're taught that if you get money, you get power, you get authority, you get fame, you get leadership, and you will have a sense of total well-being if you accomplish those things. That's, I mean, it, 
and I'm using those words, but like, that's essentially what the pitch is, right? Like if you go do this and achieve this success, then Hallie, you'll never have to worry about being wonderful anymore in your life. And then people get there and they go, I'm worried about being wonderful. Where's this whole wonderful promise that I was, that I, that I built my life on. And then when you realize, then you realize, okay, well then, all right, well, I realize that there's two worlds that I really have to work in. Again, this is the fundamental question for, for my life, which is the 200%, which is I don't really want to sit in a cave and I love participating in just the ordinary things in life that I would say are ordinary, like going for a walk or sports or building a business or having, you know, going to the park and doing things. And I, again, I think there's such a misconception too of like what it means to go deep in spirituality means that you have to forget all of those things. And, and I think we're part of the message that we want to deliver is that's just false. That's, just, that is actually the opposite of what it is. It's like when you're able to work in the 200% of life, which is your inner world and your outer world, both of them are wonderful. And of course you're going to, some people are going to go out there and, and build a business. Some people are going to go and, you know, be an artist or some people are going to go open a restaurant or some of them are just, you know, really happy, you know, Ronald Reed as being a janitor his entire life, never making more than $38,000 or some of them are going to be happy being a, you know, a, you know, a stay at home grandmother, right? Like I think about my mom, she loves being a grandmother more than anything. She would, that's her dream job, right. Of just being able to do that. And it's not really paid. Right. So like it's, it's, there's always these different things that are, that are kind of going on there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I did want to switch topic a little bit because yeah. you have a birthday coming up. Um, and yeah, 41. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you have no issues with being over 40, do you? No, no I was like, like I'm is, you. yeah. The thing is, is like I, I actually learned to um every time my mind says, Oh wow, you're starting to get older, or I mean, you have gray hair, or you look differently, or whatever it is, and I'm going, that's amazing. Like what, mm-hmm. why, why wouldn't it's it be the like, alternative? Yeah, yes, exactly. Like I, I hear people all the time. They're like getting old sucks or, and I just feel like I feel for them. Cause I'm like, man, you're just going to go into your older life. Just like suffering. You're going to suffer. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're going to suffer like you're bankrupt, but like, you're just going to suffer. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm getting old. I can't do what I use. And it'll be a kind I mean, I love, there'll be a time that none of us can do those things. And you just, you learn to just whatever path you're in, whatever experience you're having, you learn to truly appreciate the experience. And I sent this to our, our unbound, you know, project you unbound this morning. I said, simple message today is every experience is worth experiencing because it has happened. So if you get getting older, the experience of getting older is wonderful. What does it feel like to get older? What does it feel like? By the way, it's also funny because at one point, all you wanted to do was get older. I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> like it's fun. That's, no, that's all never wanted to get like past. Point. 25, you know, yeah, or you're like, you're <laughs> yeah, but it's like when you're six, you're like, I can't wait to be 16. And then you're like, oh, I wish I was 10 again. Right. Whatever it is like, is everyone, right. and you can't wait, wait, wait till you're 21. And then when you're getting into your thirties, you're like, oh my God, I wish I could go back to my college days when I didn't have to worry about anything. And exactly. Yeah. I mean, that is I, all, that is all mine, by the way, that is yeah. all mine generated suffering that happens from there. So truly just embracing the fact that like, I'm here. I'm still able to, you know, cause what is the alternative? I just, you know, I was trying to reset my password yesterday, as you know, for one of my things, cause I saw, a, you know, a kid from Colchester where I graduated from, who was 33, who died unexpectedly. And I was curious yeah. if I recognized the, the individual and he was in a car accident just sitting at a stop sign oh my and God. somebody went off the road and smashed into him. He died at the scene. 33, oh, two kids. Wow. I think he had oh two my kids. God. I mean, yeah. just like, just like that tragic. I mean, boom. You just never know. Done. I'm like, so again, 
And I know people don't want to compare that to it because that's not happening in real life, but it's, you can also compare it to, I could be seeing nothing. <laughs> so I uh, just really enjoy the experience of watching your body get old. That's the other thing is what I try to always do is like, this is, this is just the body I'm temporarily using and I love to keep it in good shape and I love using mm -hmm. it. And I'm so grateful for my body, but at some point this body will be dropped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perspective. So um, because your birthday was yesterday, um, by the way, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, I, and I just am curious about this kind of things. I went and looked up your life path number. Yeah, that was really fascinating. Thank you for doing yeah, that. Yeah. So your life path number, and we're going to put a link in the show notes so other people can go figure out what their life path number is, but yours is a one, your life path number one, which I thought, um, well, I'm going to just tell you real quick what it says and you tell me how you feel about it. Um, it is a strong vibration. It's one of individuality and intent invention. Those with life path number one tend to be ambitious, individualistic, determined, and likely to take on a leader role in any venture. You are more likely drawn to independent, creative, and innovative pursuits. You like the freedom to follow your own goals and be the boss when it comes to making any and all of your life decisions. Be wary of overexerting yourself and losing focus on your endeavors. I also read uh, after you sent it to me, there's another paragraph that talks about how the, it's best to leave the the life path number one as um, alone and, and independence. That's what they do their best thinking when they have the freedom to be able to do their own course. It was really interesting. So clearly, yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. Let me ask you. I mean, you've known me. Uh, yeah, years. I was <laughs> like, that's exactly you. It's wild, yeah. isn't it? Because I was like, that it is fancy. very, very, very much like me. I actually went yeah. and did that and I looked it up for each one of my kids because it's super easy to do. It takes two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And it's based for people who don't know what it is. It's based on your, your birthday, which is why yeah. we were talking about it. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a, you can, I actually was doing the formula out manually. Then I realized there's yeah. a calculator online calculator. Like, easier to do um, for it, but it's, it's funny to look it up and I sent it to a few other people and they're like, wow, this is pretty spot on. Um, it is. It's what interesting. It is. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think again, I think, look, every, every human body has an experience. I mean, you are, I, I don't think that's who you are, but you do have this personality in this, this human form. And just like every animal has a personality in its own nature, you have your own nature too, that comes into this world with it. And we all show up with different natures. Again, the easiest ones to look at are always in, in nature, right? It's like, you know, certain trees have their own natures. They get certain sizes, they get certain widths, they have certain lengths and durations. Every animal has a different thing. Like certain animals eat meat. Some of them don't, some of them eat both, right? Like some of them hunt, some of them sleep all day. Some of them is, some of them have mates for life. Some of them have different mate every two weeks, right? This is there's such a variety of different things that are out there in nature. Um, and I think, you know, how we show up in our external world is really how that's showing up. And I think there's a lot of uh, truth to whether it's personality assessments or things like this that are life path numbers that kind of show you like naturally how you want to show up. You know, when I was spending the day with Michael Singer, one of the things he said is like, I'm a very independent individual. In fact, mm -hmm. I actually have a separate house, even though I'm married. It's just what I don't think that's, that's not like really private. Like he just, that's like, he's just what he likes to do. And he's like, it must've been, it's just my nature is what he said. And they were talking like a guy mm -hmm. who's very enlightened. Like he's my nature. And it could be from some past life karma that I'm working through or whatever it is. Like he was just like, for whatever reason, for this life, it's, I'm this, I have this nature. Um, Why do and, you think, I was going to say, I, cause I so agree with that whole concept of like nature and like every person has kind of their nature, but why do you think that some people like you, I think are a great example. You're able to live out your nature versus others who, who aren't able to live out, either don't know what their nature is, even though they have one or aren't able to live it out. 
Is that what's covered? Yeah. Is this something covering it up? Or are they just not aware of it? Um, I think most people live mind instead of nature, which is why they're always, they feel incongruent with themselves. Um, right. I think the minute you get at the mind does not care really what your nature is and it'll just, it'll get what I mean. It could, it could t- tell you to go be a billionaire and the next moment it could tell you to give it all away if that's, and you would listen to it. I mean, remember your ego is literally like a spoiled two-year-old. You give it everything it ever wants and it gets everything it ever wants and you listen to it constantly. It's what you all and do. How do you get back to the nature? Well, you just stop listening to the mind. <laughs> You know, Yorkshire's teacher, you know, said an ignored guest quickly leaves. And one of the, one of the most powerful lines that are in there, and basically just says, if you stop listening to the mind, you, that guest will leave. And the mind is brilliant. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful gift. It's a wonderful friend. Just right now you're asking it constantly, but you have to look at the root of this. The reason why you're asking the mind constantly for it to, to answer questions is because you're not okay. So the minute you don't feel, you feel any type of lacking inside, lack of love, lack of confidence, lack of security, lack of um, being accepted, any of these lacking feelings, you then go to the mind to ask it to fix it. And the mind can't. That's why you feel incongruent. But if you just, if you actually stopped listening to the mind in that degree and started, so this is where it always comes because it's like, so how do I stop listening to the mind, Adam? Right. That's the always right. the question is. The difference between the mind and the nature. So for, how do you know which one's talking? Forget about stop listening to the mind and go back to the simplest technique that we always talk about here, which is going back to relax and release and surrender, which is and start small. So the mind, you know, your your kid is sitting there and they want to they want you to go play ball with them, and your mind goes, you don't want to do this. You want to do this. Surrender and go play ball with them, right? If that's what you want, like right, just you start working on these little things. The driver in front of you, the weather. Car, you can you handle the car driving 10 miles an hour in front of you for a mile? Yes or no, right? Did you start with these small things? I know it sounds so silly to get to the end point of what the question is, but it's like if you want to learn how to play Beethoven, you have to learn how to what the you have to start small, right? And nobody talks about this or teaches people this. So you basically have to start small with these things, which is you start letting go, surrender, and relax and releasing of these smaller things. And then you realize you have more space and you realize there's a whole other way to live. It's like if you're staring at your hand the entire time, your entire life you've been staring at your hand and somebody says, you know, you have a whole body. You go, no, I don't. I have a hand. Convince the person that's been staring at their hand their entire life that they have a body and an arm that's actually attached to it. And they go, no, I don't. That's what it's like, right? Because you're like, of course I don't. The only thing I see is my hand. Until one day you can move down and you go, oh, I have an arm. And then all of a sudden the path, that's the awakening when they realize they have more than what they've been staring at. And so when people use the word awakening, you realize you have more to life. You have more clarity than what you've been staring at this ego your entire life and the ego telling you what to do and you giving and delivering to the ego your entire life. Okay. So um, what are you most excited about in this year ahead for your 42nd year here in this body on earth? (laughs) Uh, You know, it's a tough question. And I say it's tough because while I have goals in, in life, um, they mean a lot less to me anymore. And I don't mean that I still don't focus on them or whether I have sports goals or goals with my kids or goals of business. Those are wonderful. Like those are things that keep you engaged in what you're doing. Uh, for me, when I think about it is, is just every moment that I have that there is, this is, I know this may sound silly or odd to some people, or maybe not the answer somebody would want, but it's really mine, which is, Every moment, um, there's other two things I can be doing. One, which is enjoying the moment, or number two, working on myself to that is releasing the part of me that is preventing me from enjoying the moment. And you get to a certain point where you start to see how you can start toppling this thing over. And I mean this thing, the ego of really letting it go. 
every day there's a part of you that, that the ego shows up and wants to grab you, wants to, and all that means that emotion, that energy in there wants to pull you down in there and you resist it a little bit more and you get a little bit more peace, a little bit more total well-being. And so that, that path is continuing while I'm here is still working on every part of that, every single moment of every day. So I can show up and, and be, you know, a better human being for anybody that's around me and have more clear and consciousness and support and contribute to life in any way that it's asking me to do. Um, so it's less about having a goal of how I'm going to contribute to life. And it's more about a goal of getting rid of the part of me so that I can fall back in my alignment and in, in alignment with nature to contribute to life exactly how it wants me to. Hey, everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you. Thank you.